You're listening to the Channel Mastery Podcast, where business leaders in outdoor recreation learn what's working today to reach, engage, and convert their target audiences on the channels they prefer. My name is Kristen Carpenter, and I'm your host and the founder of Verity Brand Communications, the presenting sponsor of Channel Mastery. Tune in every week here on Channel Mastery to learn how to earn your consumer's attention and how to build the all-important emotional connection to your specialty brand. Thanks for listening and subscribe today. Welcome back, everyone, to the Channel Mastery Podcast. Kristen Carpenter here, your host and also the founder of Verity Brand Communications. I'm so excited to be here with you today. We have such a great show on tap. And I just want to quickly thank our brand new sponsor, Perkins Cooey. Perkins Cooey was a sponsor at the 2022 Sea Otter Classic Executive Summit, and we're delighted to have them back to support the podcast And welcome to the show, Perkins Cooey. Wonderful to have you with us, as well as Lifetime Incorporated, owner of the Sea Otter Classic and producer of the 2023 Sea Otter Classic Executive Summit, which takes place just before the incredible Sea Otter Classic consumer event, April 18th and 19th, as well as a new industry day on the 20th. Super excited about that. And we are well into the throes of planning. We're recording this in late September, 2022. And it's during such an interesting yet super busy time of year for you, our amazing audience of leaders in the outdoor recreation industries. All of us are in the throes of setting strategy and budgets. And for our specialty brands and businesses, that means furthering our company's mission, vision, and values through that process. It is a very clear priority for us now more than ever, and nothing brings us closer to our teams and our consumers than sharing and living what we stand for. Our guest today is a great resource and an inspiration to you in this regard. I feel that our guest today will inspire you to consider new approaches to achieving a higher level of inclusivity, not only in your business, but in our larger outdoor recreation business community. You're about to meet Dan Kihana, who is the director of Path Ahead Ventures, REI's organization and fund for startups owned by BIPOC founders. All right. I'm not going to delay another second. Just wanted to quickly call out our brand new sponsors and also thank our existing sponsor, Verity Brand Communications. You can check us out at veritypr.com. Without further ado, here is the Dan Kihanya Show on the Channel Mastery Podcast. Let's do this. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Channel Mastery Podcast. I'm so excited to have my guest join me here today because we've been chasing each other around to put this interview together. But I'm very excited to introduce Dan Kihanya to you, who is the director of Path Ahead Ventures for REI. Welcome to the show. It's an honor to host you today. I'm excited to be here. Thanks, Kristen. Yep. And we're recording this right about, you know, toward the end of September, 2022, there's some exciting things on the horizon. The timing ended up being perfect, didn't it? <laughs> In terms of us getting this together. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm really delighted to introduce you and your vision and everything REI is doing uh, to our amazing audience here at Channel Mastery. So why don't we start by getting a little background on you, Dan, tell us who you are and, and how you founded this program with REI and just the whole story. Yeah. um, Thanks, Kristen. So my career arc for the most part has been in the startup world. So I was fortunate enough to go through four different startup journeys as a founder, early exec, starting in the dot-com era. And through that time, which is about 25 years, I've been an investor, an advisor, mentor, 
as well as a founder and operator in the startup world, mostly on the tech side and Silicon Valley type products. I would say the common theme across most of my products and services was this idea of transforming something that consumers knew and loved through technology, using digital, mobile, social products and platforms to make something better, faster, cheaper, more fun to use for consumers. So that stretched into couponing and points programs and financial services. So it's been exciting, exciting ride for me to do that. And I, I think it's so interesting that you're coming from that background. I've read things I know a lot of our our you know leaders in the audience have as well. Just in terms of um, you know, the tech sector also just being super committed to trying to become more inclusive. Is that partially where you got your passion and vision for bringing this to REI's amazing reach and outdoor recreation? Yeah, I, I spent most of my career really heads down building and helping folks that made their way my way. But about six or seven years ago, I myself started to really delve in and look around and recognized that there still weren't that many folks who looked like me in the tech founder world. Um, so as I started to dig in and realized that there really was a requirement to be intentional. Uh, so I got more focused on my mentoring and my investing in underrepresented founders. And I began to think of it really as an important responsibility and privilege that I had. I had experience and network and resources that could help. And you know, on top of that, the political climate of the last few years um, has certainly been a reminder that we have a long way to go. So I've been pretty focused on it um, for the last half dozen years. So last year by serendipity, somebody sent me a, a notice on LinkedIn about a role at REI that, that was barking on the initiative that I'm now part of. And the context was, hey, look, REI, aren't they in your backyard? And they're working on stuff that you, you seem interested in. And I've always been an outdoors person and uh, a member of REI for decades. So I had an appreciation for them. And the co-op, as a company, it is a co-op. So it has distinct values as a brand and the organization um, really resonated with me. And so I was, I was pretty excited about an opportunity to help them build out whatever this concept was going to be to help founders in an industry that uh, from the inside, I didn't really have a lot of experience with, but I knew that the startup playbook and I knew the um, the ways to help founders through that early stage was something that I could bring and a perspective that I could bring. And I also just love starting things from scratch. So I was pretty excited that there's this confluence of all these passions and capabilities and experience that I had I could bring together for REI. Well, I just, I feel incredibly inspired because I can tell that you are just a true entrepreneur. And I feel like what, what has happened with you and, you know, with REI and partnership is you've brought back out the entrepreneurial spirit in REI to create something that will literally change the industries of outdoor recreation. So without, you know, going into it and getting ahead of ourselves, I think it'd be great if we you could tell us what you see like vision-wise with Path Ahead Ventures and REI. I'd love for you to, you know, talk about it even like looking up and out and then a little bit even more granularly so that our our executive audience can understand and, and support what REI and you are leading here. So Path Ahead Ventures, which is, which is what uh, our organization is called, essentially was the result of several months of introspection and deep discovery, talking to founders from underrepresented groups and trying to understand exactly what are the challenges? Why do we see the fact that there's less than 
on estimate, about 1% of the brands represented in our industry have uh, been founded or led by a person of color or from a traditionally underrepresented community. And so we really took a healthy approach to understanding what what's endemic to this industry. What what are the things that are the challenges and the roadblocks? And so we developed a set of principles from that around the fact that we really need to be founder first, um, the phrase that's very common, um, not built for us without us. So really taking in the idea of what is it the founder wants to tell us? Like if they have our ear, what can they tell us about? What is it they need? What are the challenges that they face? And so that was a fundamental foundation for us as we were thinking about how to start the program. Essentially what we created from that is an organization and a fund that's focused on supporting and amplifying founders essentially um, of color in the outdoor space and trying to meet them where they are. And so that can be from the very, very earliest of stages where things are still ideas or sketches on paper to companies that are uh, emerging and getting ready to scale and try to hit that next level. And so REI took sort of this holistic approach of how can we make a dent in this industry? And it's really about the industry, not just REI. How can we change and transform the representation of the folks that are ultimately going to be the leaders of this industry for the next hundred years? And the outdoors is a place where we believe is uh, something that is powerful for everyone. And we want to increase the welcomeness, inclusiveness of that. And, the, and part of the way to do that is to support and really nurture the, the innovators and the creators and making sure those folks have representation. I think this is, it, well, number one, like kudos to REI. My understanding is they're dedicating $30 million to empower founders of color to cultivate, grow, and scale their businesses faster they bring a turnkey opportunity to showcase that on a platform and sell, obviously, also. So I just feel like the initiative is much bigger. It truly is a bigger vision for outdoor recreation. And REI is probably the most powerful player, as you and I talked about in our rehearsal. So many companies, whether they're retail brands, nonprofit, look up to REI. What REI does they do. They take into account, like, it's almost like the big proof of concept. They want, you know, they want to do what they're being inspired to do. They want to follow the business trends that REI has always set. And this is a huge, huge, like stake in the ground that this is in place and operational. When did you start Path Ahead Ventures with REI? So we came online about a year ago in October of 2021 our funding and our organization was formed and approved um, just before then. And so we're we're barely a year old at this point. But as I mentioned, there was a lot of pre-work and um, research and discovery that helped us to kind of hit the ground running. And so for 2022, we decided to establish this three parts of our, um, the three legs to our stool, really, resources, programming and capital and resources can take the form of content or community, but we decided to focus on the programming and the capital. And so we launched two programs in 2022. Um, one is called Embark and the other is called Navigate. And then we also spun up our ability to invest directly into companies as well. And so for those who aren't familiar with the startup world, there's this model of the accelerator, which essentially is 
uh, a program where you bring in a cohort of companies, usually somewhere between, I don't know, five or, or 10 to sometimes up to 20, depending on the program. It's multi-weeks. There's guidance and curriculum. There's mentorship. There's one-on-one time. There's like fireside chats and inspirations from entrepreneurs who are farther along in the journey or, or who have exited out of their businesses and their stories. And so the idea is to create this accelerated learning environment to help companies to go from where they are very much farther and faster. And so our two programs, Embark and Navigate, both launched this year. Embark essentially is focused on the aspiring entrepreneur. And that program really is, again, focused on folks that are probably still have a day job. They haven't made any money. They have a, an idea or maybe a prototype. And that program is designed around how can we set them up with the best foundation? All the things that they need to know, because a lot of the challenges an entrepreneur can face, especially a new entrepreneur, is I don't know what I don't know. And so mm-hmm. we help them to know what they need to know and what they may not know. And so that program, again, is is designed around kind of the top of the funnel, as they would say, creating that pipeline of folks and encouraging people to be to come into the industry Last year, we had 27 founders representing 22 companies in our first, um, not last year, our first program, which was the beginning of this year. And each of those those companies received a $10,000 equity-free, no-strings-attached grant um, for participating. And we're hopeful that some of those are going to emerge as um, as businesses that will, will scale up. Navigate is a program where we have six participants. It's for companies that are much farther along. They have revenue, they have customers, they have product. Most of them have done either direct to consumer type sales or or smaller retail footprints. And the goal there is to try to help them figure out how do they get to the next level, which ultimately we hope will include engagement with REI through our distribution channels, um, depending on the category and where they are in their, in their progress and their journey. That'll dictate when how soon that can happen. Um, but that's a much more hands-on program. It still has content and curriculum and mentorship and expertise and guidance that we provide for them. Uh, But because it's only six companies, it's a little bit more customized. Each of those companies also receives a grant, $25,000 each. And then through mutual option, they have the opportunity to take an, an, an equity investment from REI as well. Oh, that's amazing. So how are the participants selected for both Embark and Navigate? The process is the same, but slightly different criteria. Like most programs, you know, it's kind of like college. You put in an application, we review applications, vet them down to a a selection of finalists. We interview them and spend time with um, the founders to get to know them and then make a selection and invite them to participate. Across both programs this year, we had over 400 applications. Wow. Um, And so there are founders of color out there in this industry for sure. For the Embark program, because it's a lot of folks who don't have deep industry expertise, they really have an idea that's based upon their own outdoor experience and context. And so they're coming in more with the potential, not just of their idea, but their their sense of passion and connection to what they want to build. Um, so it's more much more about the founder and their commitment and how they see um, the vision for what they would want to do. For the um, Navigate participants, we look at, since they have up and running businesses, 
We look at revenue. We look at the trajectory of how the company's been building out its product line, where another sort of key element is where can we be helpful, right? Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that since we have so few slots that there's a great alignment around what are the resources that we can provide as REI and as Path Adventures that are going to really help accelerate and catalyze their growth and their scale. And so those are the things that we use to look at. We also are extremely focused on sort of founder, founder excitement and passion for what they're doing. In this industry, unlike tech, it's a long, long growth cycle uh, when you deal with consumer product um, and in the retail space specifically. And so there has to be sort of that resilience and commitment. So Lifetime Sea Otter Classic Summit 2023 is joining Verity Brand Communications as our sponsor for this new year. The goal is to deliver the solutions and best-in-class resources presented to executives in the outdoor recreation industries at the summit to you every week on the Channel Mastery Podcast. And we couldn't be more excited to exceed your expectations on that goal every week. So at the summit earlier this year in April 2022, right before the Sea Otter Classic, we gathered over 200 executive leaders from the outdoor, bike, endurance, and vehicle-supported adventure markets for two days of business intelligence, specialty market resourcing, and peer networking. It was awesome because it happened right before the Sea Otter Classic, which literally had about 80,000 consumers there. And guess how many people camped at the Sea Otter for multiple nights? Almost 7,000. Okay, this is a, a very special consumer event. And to have this right before it is huge. We're gonna share all the details on the 2023 Summit in a very uh, near-term episode here and watch. Uh, we'll be announcing things from a marketing standpoint, but I just wanted to make sure and thank Lifetime and Verde Brand Communications. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to kind of just hear what some of your personal experience has been with your background as you know, a founder yourself and working with a lot of other founders and as an entrepreneur, because I feel like you know REI has a very proven playbook and I feel like they know what works, you know, in terms of like bringing in in product. And they, I think they're always testing and learning too, I'm sure. And I, I have, you know, interviewed past uh, some past shows featuring some peers of yours from REI talking about how important it is, for example, to go visit the stores and really embed with the people working at the stores. And I feel like you're bringing almost that like worldly view that they get when they leave campus and go out and do store visits. And I'm just sort of, I'm curious to know, um, there's a whole nother level of this, I'm assuming as a, just a female founder, I know that, you know, some of the programs I was involved in early on didn't get some of the things I was struggling with. And I couldn't even articulate what those were myself. And I think that there's great benefit to hearing some insights from you on this for our, you know, for the leaders who listen to Channel Mastery, because we don't know what we don't know, but I will tell you unequivocally, the intention to do great things with our brands and businesses and to create a, that bigger portal and, and put out that welcome mat, it's there. I just think oftentimes they don't feel like they, and you know, myself included, like we don't have all the answers and yet you have this incredible background and you're working with these founders with a much different background that we do. So I just would love to hear maybe some top perspectives from you in terms of things that you've learned and kind of brought as a bridge between REI and these founders and our, and our larger outdoor recreation industries. Yeah. Great question. I, I think, you know, 
REI was founded in 1938 as a co-op, and it has a, had a very entrepreneurial journey for um, for low those many decades. But we are a big company, and I think most big companies, by definition, ultimately lose some of the startup DNA because in order to scale, it's a different set of challenges than when you're starting the company and trying to figure out who's our customer and what's the right price point and what's our brand going to stand for. Once you've sort of answered those questions, it's then how do we increase the reach? How do we increase the scale? And so we're no different than any other company in that regard. And so so you end up having a, a great workforce that's good at building and scaling. And so what I try to bring is, I always tell my boss, I am the founder in the room. So I will always bring the perspective of how is the founder going to think about this? Obviously, we have to make decisions that involve other inputs, but I'm the one that's going to be the founder in the room. And so one of the key things I think that's super important for any program is to address one of the things that you just talked about, Kristen, which is understanding just how hard it is to be a founder. I mean, it is just, it's lonely. It's sacrificial. There's a tremendous amount of cognitive whiplash. Like, you know, uh, in a given day, you can have, you know, 10 o'clock, great news. 12 o'clock, somebody quit. Uh, two o'clock, uh, we, we landed a great deal. Six o'clock, we got bad press, right? And it's like this emotional roller coaster. And then on top of that, you're, um, okay, I have 11 o'clock meeting to figure out the font for our logo. Okay, at one o'clock, I have a meeting to see if I should go to D.C. because Congress is doing hearings that are relevant to my industry and I've got a way to get invited. So you, you, processing those those levels of detail from 30,000 foot view to the to the to the one inch view. And so it's challenging and you hear no a lot and not and sometimes you don't hear anything, which is almost uh, worse. Right. Mm -hmm. And so and so as an organization, we're trying to be supportive and be that good news, that positive influence. And I personally try to to represent that. I, I help founders see where their challenges are, um, give them some guidance. But at the end of the day, I want to be empathetic. I want to be supportive. I want to recognize and appreciate what they've done. The other thing that was super important is the collegial cohort aspect of it. And we try to double down on this. And I think great programs in the startup space do this. There's almost nobody else that understands what you're going through than another founder. Um, mm -hmm. So you need a place where you can be vulnerable, um, where you can celebrate wins, when you can commiserate challenges. And so building the cohort in a, in a cohesive way and having those spaces where they engage with each other, they help each other, they can reach out to each other, they can, they can uh, as I mentioned, share ups and downs. Um, it's so important. And, you know, our Embark, our first Embark group, you know, we kind of joked like 20 years from now, they're going to be having reunions because they're already so connected. And we we were a completely virtual program. And so they never really met each other in, in person until later we had some folks come to the outdoor retailer um, conference. And so that that is extremely important. And you know, the, we've created a, a, a guideline for folks inside the company who don't have experience with working with founders. Just literally all the things I just mentioned and the fact that your words mean a lot. This is just not this is just not somebody who's a salesperson who's coming in to to pitch you something. They they want to hear your perspective, right? No, they're they're not just selling you something, they're 
scientists and anthropologists and and researchers right now. They want to really understand why do you like my my product or why don't you like my product? And so it's really important for most organizations who want to take this on to really have somebody who can be an embed who understands the the experience because it can be so disconnected from corporate procedures, corporate culture and and to be effective in terms of helping them there has to be that bridge. I love that. And you know inherently with startups just as you described like the typical day that kind of that translates into challenges around building process and systems and REI has obviously done an incredible job with that and I feel like there's probably learnings from both sides right <laughs> in terms of what your founders can really mine from the leaders within REI and then also what what REI's leaders can see and learn from these founders uh, I think has to be invaluable it has to be, as they're really trying to invite more people from all backgrounds to participate in their community. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we we don't have a corner on innovation or perspective, and you can't hire everybody to bring that in either. You want to be able to, to engage with people who have different perspectives, different viewpoints, different placement, right, in terms of the context of their businesses. And so, it's tremendously powerful for us. I mean, we're trying to, again, we believe that, you know, a life outdoors is a life well lived and we want to make that as welcoming and as inclusive as we can. And the only way we can do that as an industry and as a company is by inviting those different voices that haven't been represented, that haven't, their viewpoints haven't been at the table. And so an example might be, um, there's a company, Calsoni, who came through our Embark program, woman named Muna, and she's of uh, Muslim uh, faith. And she is, her fundamental mission is, I want young girls to be able to to play basketball and, and enjoy fitness, but also honor the modest clothing that is um, a part of their culture and their, and their um, religious upbringing. And so how do you create fitness wear that can meet both needs? Right, and that's not that's something the industry is is just beginning to understand. But somebody who's living and breathing and and is fundamentally building something based upon that is going to teach us so much, right? And not just what to do, but sometimes what not to do. And so it's it's very exciting um, for us to to have the founders that we do. And not all of our founders, because they are founders of color, means that they're building products and services for those communities. I mean, we have founders that are doing things that are have broad appeal for, for mainstream um, outdoor recreators. And so there's always this balance about, you know, we wanna support them, help to address some of their challenges. But we always leave it to them to say, I wanna raise my hand and say I'm a founder of color or I want my product to speak for me. I love that. And so, you know, so, so many times entrepreneurs create things they can't find out in the market. What was REI unable to find that they created this program for? Great question. Um, I think, um, you know, Muna's example was one of them. I think, (laughs) I don't know that we necessarily have a set of needs that um, products and services aren't there. I think it's more about how do we make the outdoors more appealing? And I think the outcome of that question is, 
folks that bring different perspectives, which results in different products and services. And so Mm -hmm. if we, you know, it's one of those old, you know, truisms, if we had the answers to what we needed, we would probably build it or go and source it from other places. So I think it's really about the perspectives. I mean, I think I personally believe the outdoor industry can be as big as movies and, and, and film and media and video games, but it's not going to get there unless we think about the many different ways that people can be uh, welcomed in. Um, what are the challenges that have traditionally faced folks? Um, even we're moving from the word outdoor to outside because outdoor can connote, you know, climbing K2 or 20 day backpacking, which doesn't feel necessarily as accessible to everybody. Or outside could be barbecue in the backyard, gardening, the park that's the park that's down the street from me. And so part of our ways to change our perspective is influenced by having folks like the ones that are coming through Path Ahead Ventures engaging with us. I'm also just curious um, because it kind of ties into what you just said. By the way, thank you. That was a great example and great answer. But you know, you've you've now transitioned from tech to out, outdoor or outside. I like outside, by the way. That's a, I like that. But there's so much of a nuance in the way we use our words to describe things in terms of like how we've always done things and how we want to do things and what we want things to be going forward. So little changes mean a lot. I like that a lot. But tell us what it's been like for you to get to know this industry, right? From tech, I, I think this could be really fascinating to learn. Yeah, it's been it's been interesting. I mean, I, like I said, I've always been a consumer. I'm an outdoors person. I ski, a mountain bike, a hike. So I understand the products um, from that perspective. But there's a big difference when you have a physical good versus a digital experience. And so that's been one of my major learnings is supply chain and distribution and prototyping and testing and certifications and um, and a lot of things that are just not aspects you have to think about when you're in the digital world. And so I always like to do things where I'm, I bring kind of half what I know and half I don't know. And so the half I don't know is what I've been learning a lot about which is how how you have products, how you do retail in a store um, mm-hmm. and how that works. And so I've been really just so excited about the ability to learn about those things. And I think one of the interesting aspects of an organization like Path Adventures inside of an REI is that there are literally hundreds of um, accelerator programs and other types of entrepreneurial support for tech-based companies around the world. And mm-hmm. so that's great. But there aren't as many that focus on folks who who have sort of this hard, good aspect of their business. And I'm beginning to understand a lot of why is because it is hard. It's longer. You know, I used to have my last company had a mobile app and it's like, we don't like the way this looks. The software developer goes off and codes it. The quality people check it in and give it a thumbs up and then it's live. Mm-hmm. Right. And and the change is done. And so that doesn't work in the physical goods world. And then if you start thinking about, you know, the supply chain and how much that's, you know, such a, a manifested challenge across every company in uh, in the world right now, kind of emerging from the pandemic. Um, and if you're a small little brand, how do you attract a manufacturer who's going to care enough to help bring a quality product 
that represents your vision to you when REI or Nike or or Ford Motor Company or whomever shows up on their door with big orders and long relationships. And so a lot of that has been really interesting for me personally to try to understand. I think the journey of a startup, ultimately, there isn't a lot of differences when you take sort of the larger um, framework of how you start something from nothing. Um, there's still a lot of the similar challenges, but the the journey is definitely very different when you have a physical good. Absolutely. And I know REI has always had, maybe not always, but for a very long time, they've had their own house brand, if you will, house product. And I'm curious that there, there must be an incredible network of business leaders and mentors just within the REI ecosystem, if you will, um, whether it's merchandising or HR or, you know, supply chain, frankly, or manufacturing relationships. How exactly have these founders that you specifically have been working with, the ones that are more advanced in Navigate, I'm imagining, are they able to just directly tap into that uh, through the program? Yeah, great question. So we we look at it from the perspective of, again, from the founder lens. And so REI brings a tremendous amount to the table, as you said, our expertise. Some of it is industry leading, world-class for sure. We have many, many, many years of, of learning and execution that we can bring expertise to. But the other key thing you said is network. And so as, as an industry leader, we have the connections. So if we feel like we need another perspective, if we need some additional points of view, um, or in some cases, you know, we have an amazing financial group, right? Our accounting group, our financial analysis, but they don't have as much experience building companies that are as small as as, as ours. And so mm-hmm. that's an example of where we've brought in some folks who have more expertise in, you know, helping companies that are, you know, literally counting their pennies in the cash flow right now. And, you know, the, the decimal point isn't at the same place where our, our, uh, our financial analysts are used to dealing with. So, so we have great access to, you know, what are the, what are the regulatory constraints? How does the, you know, uh, the, the certifications and, and gap, which is the accounting principles work. But when you, when you get right down to it, we, we want to make sure that we're complementing REI's resources and access to what we bring with who's out there that can be super helpful for our founders, even outside of the REI walls. And so, as we look to build out our network of expertise, we are really looking for appropriately um, matched and and expertise that is really best in class. So we want to we want to have a broad. I think you know we stated we want to have a thousand experts that are available, and so that's that's what we've been doing. And you know the financial example is a great one. We 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 actually rebuilt our module for that in mid program for Navigate. Um, because we got a sense that what we were giving folks was great for them when they reach a stage that's much later than where they are. And so let's let's go back to the to the beginning and let's rebuild it around where they are now. I can't wait to see some of the storytelling that comes out around the debut of some of these brands in the stores. But in the meantime, near term, there's an exciting, I think, moment on the horizon that I would love for you to talk about with some of your navigate or all of your navigate participants. And can you give us a little bit of a, you know, foreshadowing on what that is? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, 
you know, again, we're trying to do things that feel feel good for our our founders and are not just cookie cutter. So programs like ours tend to have a culminating event that's either called a demo day or a pitch day where um, the founders will give a presentation about their businesses and essentially a pitch. And then depending on what sector it is or what category it is, you'll invite investors and other industry folks to be there. And so we said, we'll, we'll do that. But this is about putting products in front of customers and really showcasing these brands and amplifying them in front of our members uh, to start with. And so we're super excited that we've come up with, um, we're calling it Founders Market. Um, kind I of love like it. A, like a fa- farmer's market plan words. And um, at the Seattle flagship store in downtown Seattle on October 29th, which is a Saturday from 12 to 3, we're going to have kind of a pop-up sales experience for all six of our, our current Navigate founders, which is Outdoor Element, Alpine Parrot, Kobe's, Almonds Right, Pioneers, and, and Oya. Um, and so we have uh, three apparel and um, Kobe's is a, a lip balm. Outdoor Element is a camping accessory company, and Almonds Right is uh, essentially light light bags and packs for um, for backpacking. Um, and so we're we're super excited. They're going to be there. We're going to have um, lots of folks. Uh, it's open to the public. They'll be able to interact with members and customers. We'll have some some REI leadership there. So we're very excited um, that. This is much more representative of the kind of culminating event that you want to have for a brand that is selling. Um, and so, so we're very excited about it. Um, there's a lot of planning going on and we're still figuring it out. And, and by the time this comes out, it'll be locked and ready to go. But um, yeah, October 29th, if you're in the Seattle area, please, please come by uh, REI. Oh, I can't wait. And hopefully REI will enable us to join in and support somehow. I'm sure they will. They're quite savvy with that. And I guess I, I just have a couple more questions. You've been so gracious with your time, but I imagine that the, you know, the pipeline, I imagine you have a lot of people applying. Do you have to seek out different ways of reaching these BIPOC founders to ensure that you have like the depth of applicants that you know are out there? I mean, you mentioned the numbers already with your first group, but they're just think about what's out there and maybe how to reach them and invite them in. They may not even think they're, you know, oh, I could never do that potentially, right? Or yeah, that couldn't possibly be for me. And, and so I feel like somehow you're going to, I'm sure, be holding up your existing cohort to invite more people in. But I'm just curious to know if you have any thoughts around where you might be able to create more bridges. Yeah, great question. You know, when we started uh, last year, we had no idea, right? Um, if there was hundreds of founders just out there it would be easy. We probably wouldn't need to exist. And so we've taken the approach that, you know, sort of credibility from word of mouth is very, is very important. And so obviously we have our networks inside REI, but we've also focused on trying to connect into communities that have adjacency or overlap with um, where our potential founders come from. So there is a large startup ecosystem out there. Uh, again, a lot of it is weighted towards tech but by being connected to some of the bigger programs like Y Combinator and Techstars, they see folks who come through who are almost like outliers, but they come through their programs and we say, 
when you see them, send them our way. Um, and because we, we have programs that are designed specifically for them if they're in the outdoor space. Um, so that's one place. The other place we try to partner is with folks that, um, that are building either organizations or experiences that are reaching traditionally underrepresented communities. So for instance, Outdoor Afro, Latino Outdoors, Black Girls Run, groups like that where there are folks who, you know, kind of fit the demographics and hopefully within those groups, there's some aspiring entrepreneurs or they know some aspiring entrepreneurs. And so we found that to be pretty effective so far um, in helping to get the word out. We feel like we want to make sure that we don't just create applications, you know, just to pump up numbers. Um, we want to make sure people are applying that feel like there's a benefit to what we can bring for them and they fit with with um, with what we're trying to, the folks we're trying to serve. And so it's all experimentation right now. And our hope is that as we build more cohorts and we get further along with this, that will create an alumni network, which again, which will help us build out more connectivity points in local communities that will continue to, to feed that pipeline. And there's just so much reach with REI. I mean, whether it's stores, I imagine the readership of their incredible catalog is, is astounding. They do an incredible job with content. So it goes back with, to what I said earlier. I cannot wait to see how they fold the storytelling into their publishing arm. Yeah, and that's a great point. I mean, we, we actually got several folks that came through our local stores. And that's, mm -hmm. um, you know, one of, one of the unique aspects of what we do at REI is um, we certainly have ways that we do do retail and our store experiences, but everything from the visual representation to how a store can interact with its surrounding community is really, there's a lot of latitude there with our store managers. And so there's definitely folks that are, that are out there trying to see who's, who's doing things in the community, creating inclusive and welcoming programs, um, and potentially products. So it's a great, um, kind of advanced radar for us too, at the local level. I bet. So thank you again so much for your time and sharing this. It was well worth the wait, Dan. So thank you. Can you tell our audience where they can learn more about Path Ahead Ventures? Absolutely. So um, you can just go to rei.com slash path dash ahead. Perfect. And if that's too much to remember, you can just scroll to the bottom of the homepage of REI and Path Adventures is listed right there. And so um, definitely please check us out. Our Embark program for 2023, we just opened our applications up. They're open until um, October 16th. Um, so if you happen to be listening to this before then, please um, share share the word. And um, once you go to our, our site, you can find out about our different programs. You can also sign up to keep in touch with um, updates from us about what's going on with, uh, with Path Adventures. Well, I just, I literally am, I'm so stoked to learn as much as I have here today with you. I love what you're doing, what REI is supporting and leading with here. And the vision that you and I talked about in our rehearsal call that I just feel is so important to share before we sign off here today, the outdoors is for everyone in the industry should be too, um, is super powerful, very clear. And I think it's one we all stand behind. And I'm just so grateful to see the leadership from REI and from you, Dan, 
to build this vision into reality. Thank you so much for joining us here today. It's been an incredible conversation. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. And I appreciate the opportunity to share about what we're doing. Oh, we're just getting started. (laughs) More to come. Thank you again. If you liked this episode of the Channel Mastery Podcast, please help more business leaders find this resource by going to iTunes and leaving us a positive review and also sharing it with a friend or colleague. Thank you so much for listening and thank you to Verde Brand Communications for being our presenting sponsor. Check us out at verdepr.com.